0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Love of Books podcast show featuring indie and small press authors with host author Emma Polova. I would like to thank our major sponsor, Doc Chavent. Today, I will be chatting with author Will Ruback, who will announce the details of his book giveaway of Scribe the Apprentice at the end of the interview. Born and raised in Chicago, Will Ruback has followed a creative path throughout most of his life. His love for writing was born from his passion for making music. His inability to escape fiction has led him from graphics back to writing and the bookselling world as both author and seller. The only demon he now faces is himself, committing the time to com- to complete Sorry, every story in his head. Hello, Will. How are you today?
1: Hello, I'm doing wonderful. How are you?
0: I am doing great. Okay, let me start us off with a brief summary of Scribe. It wasn't the way he planned on becoming the hero, trading his sword for a quill. Then he became the guardian of a relic that shouldn't exist, but that wouldn't stop the darkness from destroying the Crescent Lands to obtain it. Will, tell us about your trek from making music to writing. How are the two arts intertwined?
1: Um, it's a lot with the creative process and with the music itself, you do have to script the music, even without the lyrics, to try to tell a story. Um, the lyrics just help convey that story a little bit more.
0: Okay. Tell us about the process of writing Scribe. From your initial idea to the final product, a book on the shelf.
1: Um, I, the, I came up with the idea of scribe while working in the bookstore. Um, every night while well, straightening out the fiction and fantasy section, um, I would compare books, look at things, and I wanted to come up with something that had the basic elements of a, a regular epic fantasy, but also try to be original. Um, it's often said that there's nothing new, just Something old done in a new way. I wanted to do something completely original. Mm -hmm. So I took the, the viewpoint of the main character actually being outside of the fray almost. To where creating the uh, scribe guilds as a group of historians that actually walked those battlefields that you're used to reading about in an epic fantasy, but that person was the person who chronicled each and every one of those events. And in doing so, they themselves become part of that event and shape those events with the way that everybody else sees that type of character, so I figured approaching it from that original aspect would be a nice angle to try to come from.
0: Uh, So what is the genre?
1: It is an adult dark fantasy, Okay, Uh, some people may call it epic. It has been compared to, and I know this is something you're not supposed to say, but it has been compared to um the Lord of the Rings in style and tone. Um, it is a more intimate version. It doesn't have as many characters with all the grand battles that Lord of the Rings has, but it does have scarier monsters, so if you can imagine that.
0: Oh wow, that sounds exciting. I love Lord of the Rings. Who doesn't, right? Okay, so the main characters are these historians. Am I correct?
1: Um yes. Um yeah, the main character, Gareth, he's mm-hmm. a man. Um never really say quite how old he is, but roughly, you know, in the eighteen, nineteen year old range. Okay. And all of his he's actually trained to be a soldier his father was like the greatest general ever in the crescent realms and he wanted to follow in his father's footsteps but his father knowing the horrors of war and everything Mm -hmm. has decided to use his last vestige of political favor to get his son put into the scribe guild to become a scribe because in this land scribes are like i said before they're revered but also feared because when a scribe is on the field nobody can touch that scribe you can't kill it you can harm them um, and you actually have to go out of your way to make sure they are okay um, and in that way it also shapes history of the realm because you cannot go to war without that scribe on the battlefield. So there are times where two armies are set to battle, but in the time that it takes for that scribe to get to the battlefield, they have found their um, way of getting through it without the battle. But at other times, little skirmishes that would have been one and done, so to speak, in the time that they takes to get that scribe to the field, A larger battle has ensued all the major kingdoms of the land prefer to have their own scribe because, as it's been said in history books, the victor writes the history, so they want to be able to manipulate the scribes themselves um, in that regard too. How
0: long did it take you to write this particular book?
1: I am, um not that it has anything to do with it, but I am a Gemini, and mm-hmm. the traits they say of Geminis is we, although we are very creative, we have a hard time focusing on one project. Mm-hmm. And normally in my regular routine, I will have no less than three or four books going at the same time. Um I generally will work one week on one project, one on another, and then when one becomes all-encompassing, then I switch primarily to that. Scribe itself is actually the first book that I wrote sequential from start to finish, which was something new for me. I usually will just write those different scenes and ideas and then thread them together but scribe did go from a to z so to speak and the actual writing was a little bit over a year probably a year and a half mm-hmm. yes because the fact that i chose to well in try to um get published traditionally um i was very um steadfast on finding a specific agent to work with i didn't want to just do the traditional oh i've got a a manuscript i'm going to send it out to these 50 Mm -hmm. agents 50 publisher Um, so it took me quite a while to find the agents that i wanted to work with and then when that didn't start to pan out the way i wanted to then i decided to do this go the independent route and so So that means then you're required to do all your typesetting and styles, your cover art and everything of those things. So from start to finish, the book writing itself was less than a year and a half. The whole production and with trying to get traditionally published was probably closer to four years.
0: Okay. So was this your first self-published book?
1: no it isn't um i do have another book it's called the short of it and that is a collection of short stories poetry and lyrics um that i combined with a lot of artwork and photography some of it my own some of it that i pilfered from other people but it has a very stylistic um look at that and i look at that as being um a journey of my growth as an author from some of the earliest stuff I wrote as a teenager to some of the more recent happenings in my life.
0: Okay. What was the biggest challenge in writing Scribe?
1: Again, for me, it is um, trying to be as um, original as possible.
0: Okay. Um, mm-hmm.
1: I've been readings for all of my life um and i love so many fantasy books and series that i did you know i wanted to pay an homage to them and even maybe touch on some a reflection of one or two of those books that other people who've read those books might pick up on in my book but then at the same time i wanted to totally disassociate it from those things okay so, Um, That was probably the most difficult challenge that I had.
0: That sounds really difficult because the saying is that, you know, any book is just rewriting of a different book, right? That it's just writing and that's difficult to be really completely 100% original.
1: Yes. Yes. Definitely.
0: <laughs> well, Congratulations yeah, yeah. on doing that. <laughs> okay. How about any elements from previous books that appear in Scribe?
1: Well, I actually do. Um, um My youngest son was home from college over the holidays, mm-hmm. and we actually sat down and had about a three-hour discussion about all my different books and writings. And I do try to place whether it's a line or a phrase from one of the other books or entangle even if the series will never meet i try to bridge some element from Mm -hmm. every single story into each of the other ones so um in this particular book for fans of what they call easter eggs I do put in, try to put in like five or more different Easter eggs. One of them, like I said, will be that reference to another piece of work of my own. Mm-hmm. I do a song lyric from one of my favorite music artists. Um, I pick a random, have somebody, maybe even a stranger on the street, ask them for a the most obscure word they could come up with.
0: Okay. And I
1: word into the story. My mother, who is also a lover of reading, um, gave me some old books on old phrases and words that are no longer common. So I try to work at least one of those words into every book I do and things like that.
0: That sounds very cool. I love that. So it's called Easter Eggs?
1: Yeah, they're Easter eggs. You, you see them a lot on DVDs and stuff mm-hmm. where they reference a different okay. movie, series, or things of that nature. Yeah.
0: So what was the most gratifying part in writing Scribe?
1: Just finishing it, probably. Just
0: finishing it, right? I mean, that's a yes. process. Writing a book from the idea to the final product, that's a long process.
1: Exactly, And then um, the other aspect, and this is a hard thing for authors, is um, the original, I guess you could, I I write differently as far as editing and things of that nature. Um, I do most of my editing throughout the entire process, but Mm the um, first draft, completed draft of the book came in at about 120,000 words. And knowing that I originally planned on being um, traditionally published for a first time author, they prefer that first novel to be closer to under a 100,000. So I was proud of the fact that I was able to cut almost 30,000 words and not have that, you know, be like a stab in the heart.
0: How did you manage to do that? I find that very difficult what to take out. How did you it, manage to take out 30,000 words?
1: I I originally had an idea of the layout with mm-hmm. the react, you know, scenario that you hear about and see about in most books, movies, and plays. And when I started writing and got to the I, – I moved through the first part of that first act pretty quickly. But then when I got to – The next section, the way it started just enveloping me, I could have wrote two books just in that one part that was supposed to be the first part of the first book. So it was easier to um, Mm -hmm. cut off some of it, get rid of it, and other things I identified as, well, this can be a little bit of that backstory for one of the next books in the series. Okay, yeah. sure. course. So away, but I was able to cut it out of that first book.:
0: Okay. How about any surprises, discoveries or epiphanies while writing this book?:
1: Probably the biggest one would be how much I actually enjoyed the sequential writing. Um, Before, I couldn't even think about doing that, I would generally, okay, I might write the first chapter, but then I need to write the finale so I know where I'm going, and then you let the other parts fill themselves in. Um, I was surprised how much it was and how easy for me it was Mm -hmm. to just sit down and go from page one to page two to page three.
0: Nice. What do you feel you did right? No one else could have done it like you.
1: Ooh, that's a toughie.
0: <laughs> that's a good um, one, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Does um, I don't think I'd be able to pull it up right now, but um, there's um, an old. I think it's F. Scott Fitzgerald had a philosophy of when writing a book to basically pick one person and write for that one person. Mm -hmm. That way you're not trying to please the masses. If you hit your target mark with that one person, then everybody else will come along. I was lucky in the fact that, like I mentioned before, that I like to edit as I go. My target person is very knowledgeable in books themselves and a very strong editor. And she was um, very happy to work with me along the whole process. So there were actually times where we would sit and I would be on Facebook with her while I'm writing and I would run a a paragraph past her, and she'd tell me, oh, no, that's not working. So then I would say, okay, well, what part of it's not working? Okay, this line, this line, this line, and then I would sit there, and I would rewrite that line over and over and over until she said, yep, that's it. Boom, and then we go on.
0: Oh, wow. Who's your target person, or who's your editor?
1: Well, for this particular book, it was um, Parisa. She is in the dedication for the book um each book or each series will most likely be a specific person who has shown interest in that particular title
0: okay what would you have done differently
1: um probably left a little bit more into the very first book knowing it, if I knew that it was going to be um, independently published. And I wouldn't have wasted so much time doing that. Right. Um, with the being in the book selling industry, I should have saw the changes in the, uh, prior to even COVID, the changes in the um, publishing industry to know that I should just go ahead with the um, self-publishing route.
0: Absolutely. That's the way it seems to be going, all publishing. All right. What have you learned about yourself from writing this book? That I can be disciplined. (laughs) That (laughs) Um, you can write sequentially, right?
1: (laughs) Yes, that I could put a timeline on something, fulfill that timeline, Uh and work from A to Z.
0: Okay. What are some of the takeaways from Scribe?
1: Um, there's I don't really try to be preachy, so mm-hmm. to speak. You know, there's people who will, oh, they're just doing a play on a religious doctrine, or they're trying to make a full-on political statement here or there, even though they're using the guise of science fiction and fantasy. Um, I just write purely for the adventure of it. So there's an old thing where you know teachers of literature will sit there and they'll try to dissect a Shakespeare play or something sure. and it's like well they the the blue curtain symbolizes the the melancholy effect of blah 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 when in fact all they meant was the curtains were blue.
0: that is so true
1: (laughs) i don't try to put secret messages or make any overall statement i'm just trying to write an adventure that i would have loved to have read
0: sure would you do it all over again your writing career your graphic career
1: I would probably handle certain things differently, but I think they all have shaped my ability to write the best book that I could possibly write. Including
0: your music?
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Sure. What is the most interesting or bizarre thing that has ever happened to you during an in-person author's event?
1: Um, when I released my um, first book, The Short of It, um, I was working at Barnes & Noble at the time, so a self-made, you know, place to have a book launch and signing. Um, the I chose looking at the trend of books. Now, a lot of – in the be- good old days, you'd pick up that book based on that front cover. You'd flip it over, and there would be a passage from the book, mm-hmm. and then maybe – a little bit of a little snipe of what the overall book was nowadays most books you flip it over and all it is is one line reviews from this newspaper that newspaper this person that book club type thing and it doesn't actually tell you about the book so i made a point of writing um an excerpt from a short story to put on the back cover and make it as intense as i could could. And during that signing, there was a customer who came up and looked at the book and they read it and then they flipped through the book and they turned back over the cover again and they reread the back cover. <laughs> and they just kept staring at it and rereading that back cover to the point to where um and this happens to anybody who plays music a lot, if you forget your normal bodily functions and Sometimes when you're playing a guitar or whatnot, you forget to swallow your own saliva. (laughs) So this person stood there, and they literally started drooling (laughs) because they were intent on reading the back of this book that they forgot to swallow their own saliva. And to me, that is like a badge of honor.
0: I think so. I've never heard this one. You know, I hear all sorts of responses to this question, but, you know, drooling, no. You're the first one. You're original. Okay, what's next for Will on your writing journey?
1: I'm trying to figure that fully out. Um, I do have almost 90% of the second book in the Scribe series Completely plotted out, and I have done some writing at the beginning of that book, but I also have a couple other projects that are in various stages that Mm -hmm. specific people would like me to complete first. So I'm at I'm taking a little bit of time to decide exactly which project I'm going to complete next.
0: Perfect. Would you like to read to us, Will?
1: Um, I can definitely do that. Thank you. Not sure the time frame on this, but we let's... have three
0: to five minutes. But on Podbean app, we even have more than on okay. Zoom. So it plays to our
1: advantage. Okay. Um, let's go. Describe the apprentice. The following morning, Lyric was so intent on packing up camp quickly that at first he didn't notice that Gareth had wandered off again. He knew, though, where he would find it. He slowly came to a halt behind Gareth's sitting form. At first, I thought it was the blackness was just scorched earth from the fires of battle, Gareth started. And then things moved. The grass and the branches of the trees. They glistened with the morning dew, but it was more like the sheen of black oil upon water. And I saw something in the distance, a form, a man, but it wasn't a man, couldn't be a man. The pitch, Lyric softly interjected. It had no skin. I thought it had been killed and strung up, skin peeled back in some macabre ritual, but then it moved. Its head bobbed slightly on the immense thickness of, that you would call a neck. So I stared into the darkness, searching for a face. Can anything stripped bare be considered a face? He shook his head, trying to clear the image. There had to be something, Gareth continued, some indication that it was more than just a mass of living evil. So I looked into the ebony that was its eyes, searching. Then I felt as if I was being pulled in. I felt I had to outstare it. But how do you outstare eyes that have no lids, eyes that do not blink? I felt as if it was challenging me to do just that, and its gaping maw clicked open and shut repeatedly to issue that challenge. Again, it wasn't the mouth of any animal I knew, but a crude device that crushed and ground anything unlucky enough to get caught in its vice. It moved again. This time, though, it wrapped its long arms around its body, then it swung them in a grand gesture as it spun around and slowly walked away. I was amazed that its visceral hadn't spilled out from below its ribs, but they seemed to be held in by some unseeable force. And just like everything else, it glistened blacker than black, as if the darkness was just an extension of the creature itself that as it moved, but left a part of itself coating and choking all it touched. They both shivered. Lyric helped Gareth to his feet, and the two travelers retreated to the tower and quickly mounted their horses, eager to depart.
0: Thank you. Could you give us the details of your book giveaway of Scribe the Apprentice?
1: Sure. We would love to give away an autographed copy of Scribe the Apprentice to the first responder, to my email, and that would be blind1seesall, that would be B-L-I-N-D, the numeral one, S-E-E-S-A-L-L, at gmail.com. And can and you repeat
0: uh, it one more time?
1: Sure. blind1seesall, at gmail.com. That's B-L-I-N-D, the numeral one, S-E-E-S-A-L-L, at gmail.com. Perfect. And uh, I do believe you have something you would like them to put in the um, subject line. Yeah, it
0: can be book give, podcast book giveaway or the title of the book, Scribe the Apprentice.
1: Great.
0: All right. And now parting shots from each one of us. You first, Will, you're my guest.
1: Well, I thank you very much for inviting me to uh join you on this little podcast. Um I definitely enjoyed meeting you um at the book nook in Montague, Michigan. That was um, a great event. We're yes, doing it, it will,
0: again yeah. in summer.
1: Yes, I will hopefully be there. that, yes. that was <laughs> um uh the spirits were very <laughs> warming. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they must be useful now, right? Winter, considering yeah, sure. the winter in Michigan. Yeah.
1: They would be very lovely right now. Um, so now <laughs> we just spent the last two weeks shoveling snow every day. That's oh good. So would have been wonderful to come in and have a little um, snip of that. I do have an old um, antique um, Bohemian aperitif set that would be perfect for that liqueur so
0: oh wow yeah. i'll make sure you get some at the summer event okay. in montague at the book looking forward yeah. to it and my parting shots are write indie buy indie and read indie read your local newspapers for inspiration keep your fingers on the keyboard and